0: Ladies and gentlemen, we've made it to the end of the regular season. Fellas, 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 what's up? Massive 15-game slate. Players not playing and maybe we won't have that news until Sunday morning for some of these teams. We're getting some news trickling out on quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger, Jared Goff due to injury, Big Ben, and potentially more than likely Patrick Mahomes resting. And honestly, it is going to be just a wild, wild news week that you're going to have to keep up with as always, but just to an extra extent, not to the extent of preseason where we don't have a ton of information. You have to just literally read between the lines and uh, the tea leaves on every single report that a beat writer and tweet goes out with. But this is going to be pretty similar and as close as you get to that for a regular season game because look, some teams just want to rest their players for the playoffs and that's what's going to happen. You're going to have a lot of value opening up at every single position because of that. Is it viable? Well, that's what we're here to talk through today. So before we get into it, thank you for being here all season long. We will have NFL postseason content all the way up until the Super Bowl. We already have NBA content coming out on this channel that will only increase once the NFL slows down and decreases. PGA will return next week as well and potentially some other sports coming over the summer and next few months. You can see Mr. Cameron Peterson, and just subscribe the above if you're watching on the YouTube channel. So thank you, Cameron. And also, that's a good plug for you too, to subscribe. Right now, as I record this, we're about 80 subscribers away. You can see Coach Senate, people subscribing right now. 80 subscribers away from 35 35- Thousand subscribers, which is the goal by the end of the year. We have two days to do that. So I appreciate it if you can do it and give this video a little bit of a push to get there to 35,000 subscribers in about two years of doing this content on this channel. So thank you in advance. And before we get into the position by position breakdown, best picks right now, earlier in the week on Wednesday, quarterback, running back wide receiver and tight end. Yes, I have my projections and rankings already up on my other screen. going to be referencing those ownership projections later in the week as that data comes through on my end. All that will be on Patreon for super SuperDraft projections as well. You can follow everything down below in the description, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore betry_ underscore. And the reason that this video is able to come out today is because of Vigit, our sponsor. And Vigit is something that if you have not already downloaded it, we do it every single week. Once a week in these videos, they sponsor a video. It is a free app that is basically Twitter for sports betting. You don't have to go on Twitter and see all this political nonsense and see people who are just complete assholes on Twitter, which is the definition of that app. You can actually just go on, get the information that you want from a betting perspective. All that facts that you need is all right there in every single game or every single potential game you can bet on on Vigit's app. But a couple other things, you can interact with people who are like-minded and just trying to find out betting picks and your liens and why that might be more information that you might not have. Maybe they went to college, right? When I was at college, I knew just based on sitting in a barbershop with Saquon Barkley, that his ankle was pretty fucked up while he was talking to the barber, right? All those small little tidbits, you're having people come in from a bunch of different colleges on the Vigit app and just kind of talking. That's just a one small thing that could potentially happen for you, but there's a lot of stuff. There's a free online sports book in there where I now am going to be having a gambling league set up, sort of a contest. And whoever wins that contest will set it up for the playoffs. Whoever wins that contest will win some free merch. The merch is down below. So Vig- it, if you use my name sal it's a free app to download but if you want to play in those free online casinos and just you can actually win some amazon gift cards and some prizes for a thousand free bitcoins you can use my name, Sal, when you sign up, they'll give you a thousand free Bitcoins, which is basically like a thousand dollars in credit over there. And you can play that to try and win some Amazon gift cards and other cool prizes. So check it out. They get down below today. Thank you for sponsoring the Wednesday best picks video. So let's start this thing up at the quarterback position. And again, I'm recording this on Wednesday morning. So if news comes out on Wednesday and Thursday, that so-and-so is not starting. If let's just say somebody comes out and they say, ah, hey, you know what the Sean Watson, they've already said he's going to play, but now he's not playing, right? Obviously I'm, I'm not going to mention that in this video. That'll be for the Friday closing Thoughts video, the Patreon Sunday podcast and live show, because we don't have that information yet. But as of of right now, we have news that Deshaun Watson is playing. We have news that it's likely that Patrick Holmes does not play and that might concede the MVP to Aaron Rodgers, depending on what happens in this final week with Rodgers versus the Bears. We have news that Jared Goff is injured and is not playing. Big Ben is going to be sitting for this game, but as of right now, it seems like the rest of the Steelers starters should be playing maybe a limited role in that game. We shall see, but there's a couple of teams that I really do like and a couple of quarterbacks that I want to target. So right up top, we got confirmation that Deshaun Watson is playing and Deshaun Watson is playing like an MVP quarterback. Last week, yet another week where he goes for over 9.5 yards per attempt, continues to lead the league in yards per attempt at this point. averaging 8.8 yards per attempt and a 70% completion percentage this season. You're also getting the benefit of increased rushing yards from Deshaun Matson, where he is now at 29 rushing yards per game. Deshaun Matson is in play for me. Here's the concern. He's more expensive now. He doesn't really have much to play for, although his opponent, Tennessee, does. Tennessee might not even make the playoffs if they were to lose this and a bunch of other teams were to win. And Deshaun Matson right? 7,700. Brandon Cooks is coming up in price. Even Chad Hansen, who is not dirt cheap anymore, but he's coming up in price. So is Kiki Kute. It's tough to stack this team up because Cooks, right around that 7K range, there's a lot of other wide receivers I really do like. So I do like, Deshaun Watson this week because look, he is just one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league and a lot of talented quarterbacks don't have as much to play for this week or they're just not going to be in as good of spots. You can look at the team total and say, ah, it's only 24.25. Deshaun Watson, this team has been getting like 22 team totals week in and week out. They continue to be undervalued from Vegas from a team total standpoint, smashing that. Good matchup against Tennessee. He's in play for me. Now somebody that I really like is going to be Ryan Tanhill. At $7,000, I do think his ownership is going to be low. Early on in the week, I like him a lot. The highest team total on the slate basically right now, right there tied with Indy, I believe at 31.75. A seven and a half point favorite. So I understand what everybody's saying. Ah, it's going to be the Derrick Henry show. And it very well could be, or it could be both of their shows, right? Houston's run defense stinks, their pressure stinks, and their secondary all stinks. They're bottom eight in the NFL and borderline bottom five in all those categories. Now Ryan Tannehill has a A.J. Brown, Corey Davis coming off of bad weeks. Those guys are appropriately priced. Corey Davis is in the low 6K range and A.J. Brown in the low 7K range. But to stack it up, it is appealing. Houston runback options, we just kind of mentioned. There are some guys that are expensive like Brandon Cooks and a lot of cheap options, even if you wanted to go down to Jordan Atkins, the tight end position. But Ryan Tannehill, having something to play for with this high of a team total, Ryan Tannehill very quietly putting up borderline a top five fantasy season this year and quietly rushing for over 15 yards per game. Ryan Tannehill this past week against the Packers was not great, right? But he still puts up 18 points. Obviously the rushing yards get him there because he only throws for 125 yards on five yards per attempt. But Ryan Tannehill has now finished as a top 20 quarterback in every single week for the last six weeks. And he has four top 10 finishes over the last six weeks as well. He's been a top quarterback in this league for fantasy purposes, currently ranks overall seventh overall in fantasy points per game. Tannehill looks appealing to me as just kind of a contrarian option. I'm not trying to get 100% Ryan Tannehill, but this matchup is going to be very juicy. Yes, it could be Derrick Henry rushing for 230 yards and three touchdowns, or it can be Derrick Henry rushing for a buck 50 and a touchdown and Tannehill throwing for 340 rushing yards and 300 yards. I like the stacks. I like the price. And I think all these guys are going to be relatively low owned week in and week out. AJ Brown, that 7k range continues to come in low owned. Now a guy that's really hard to not like this week. And if I go over to my quarterback projections on Patreon, you can follow along down below right now if you want to support the content over here. He's my second highest projected quarterback, but the overall correlation for him is something that I like. He still is trying to wrap up the two seed with a victory this week. And that is Mr. Josh Allen, who's quietly coming into the MVP race as well. I would say definitely a top four option, probably inching his way to a top three option right now. And if he has another crazy week this week, he might even jump Patrick Mahomes. I doubt it, but I would not be totally shocked. Now at $7,600, it cannot be considered a expensive or too bad of a price point when we've been playing Mahomes homes at AK plus, right? And $8,500 when we've been playing other quarterbacks in the mid seven K range, especially based on what Josh Allen has done. He's now gone 30 or more fantasy points in three out of his last four games. The only game where he doesn't, he scores 20 points in what was considered his floor game against Pittsburgh, the number one defense in the league right now. And this is a guy who scored 28 or more fantasy points in every single game, but two over the last two months. His ceiling is fantastic. He has Devonte Adams, not even light, but mano mano Devante Adams with Diggs, who leads the league in targets, yards, and receptions right now this season. Adam was hurt, but yes, Stefan Diggs has been that good this year. Now, Cole Beasley did get injured. It seems like he's week to week. Odds are he seems to early on be leaning to miss this week. John Brown went on the COVID list. He's a close contact. He could return, so they could be a little bit depleted at weapons, but as long as you have Steph Diggs out there, you saw it last time out, 145 yards, three touchdowns. That's all you really need. You got some Dawson Knox. You're gonna have Gabriel Davis, no matter what out there. Maybe you get John Brown back. It's going to be fine at 7,600 with clear runback options for Miami here. Devontae Parker might return, right? There's no Jakeem Grant. So now Lim Bowden, who we've been playing here and there, it's a decent value. Not great. Miles Gaskin is still there. Mike Gusecki should be coming back for his second straight game, getting healthier. So Josh Allen, only 22.75 team implied total. I'm surprised by this team implied total because this is one of the best offenses in the NFL. I'm going to assume that maybe it's baking in that maybe they sit some starts here, although they want to get that two seed and have some sort of home field advantage. Doesn't matter as much without fans, but they still would have some home field advantage and not have to travel. That's a big edge when you get to the playoffs, just resting your body, the comfort of waking up in your own bed. Part of it could also just be that Miami is just that good. So $7,600 Josh Allen is going to be in play for me. I currently have Josh Allen again projected as my second highest projected quarterback at 22.9. And out of all the quarterbacks that are basically in that 7k range, he's going to come in as my number one value out of every single quarterback that is $7,000 or above. He's my number one value point per dollar wise out of them. Now some other quarterbacks that of course I have interest in, and I'm going to try and leverage on the guys that actually have something to play for. Now look, Matt Flynn, like seven years ago, through. For five or six touchdowns against Detroit, got signed to this mega deal uh, with Seattle, not mega, but pretty damn good deal for Seattle because of basically that one game. And then they drafted Russell Wilson and he never played. Uh, but that type of stuff can happen, right? You have those types of quarterbacks that can come out of here and, and just kind of play for their job, whether it's Chad Henny not really having much left as a backup. Can he do something against a bad Chargers secondary that not bad, but has been banged up this year? Obviously no Derwin James all year has been improving stats wise because they have Casey Hayward back now, they have Chris Harris back. So it's not bad, but it's not been anywhere near as spectacular as you would think it was on paper to start the season. And guys like Mason Rudolph and some of these other players come out of nowhere? I really don't think so, to be honest with you. Andy Dalton kind of got his week last week at 24 implied team total. It looks fine, right? Minnesota, nothing to play for, but Kirk Cousins, a 30.75 implied total against Detroit. That also looks fine. But like, I think there's just some better options we can tend to. Aaron Rodgers playing for something at 7,400, not just a number one overall seed, but an MVP as well. So you're going to continue to see these from the three yard line, not rush attempts to AJ Dillon, Jamal Williams, if he's healthy or Aaron Jones, you're going to see the pass attempts to Devante Adams and big Bob Tanya. So that's nice to see. At least you have that upside in the red zone. Now it is a difficult matchup is 1.1 x multiplier super draft not as appealing in my opinion he projects out for a little over 20 fantasy points for me if you're playing Aaron Rodgers you're clearly stacking with Devontae Adams this week he's a little bit more expensive but that's fine to me run back options on Chicago there are a decent amount now Allen Robinson is expensive so it starts to become harder to stack that but if you were to go to Darnell Mooney it becomes a little bit more appealing a 28 and a half team implied total right now for Aaron Rodgers, who has the highest touchdown percentage on the slate and on the season at 8.7%. Some other options here, Lamar Jackson, if you're just looking for the rushing upside, you really don't need to stack this. If you wanted to really stack it, I would go with Mark Andrews, but it's tough to want to recommend Mark Andrews when you have George Kittle, not that much more expensive right now projecting out for like five or six more fantasy points than Mark Andrews. Well, Lamar Jackson has now eclipsed 20 or more fantasy points in four straight games and five of it is last six. He's $8,000 though, and without the correlation, good matchup against Cincy, nice implied total. You're averaging the most fantasy points per attempt right now because of his Rushing upside, almost 11 attempts per game on the ground. His rushing yards per game are about 65. Now, these are the guys that I think are interesting options. This happened about three weeks ago. All the standout top end quarterbacks were either not on the greatest response or a little bit too expensive. Their projections were not projecting out close to like the 25 plus that we like to see to try and pay 8K or upper 7 K's range for these guys. So, outside of like your Josh Allen and your Watson's, who I think are really strong options, Ryan Tannehill, who I think is a nice sneak sneakier option that has upside, there's these lower 5K range guys that actually are in play for me. Well, it's Mitch Trubisky fighting for a playoff spot against a shaky Packers secondary that has. Has been looking a lot better than it actually seems because of opponents they face the weather last week against Ryan Tannehill. They could take the wall, ball away. Jerry Alexander, their second year player, Darnell Savage, but they are still pretty shaky there. But Mitch Trubisky comes in 40 plus points in three straight games or four straight games for this Bears offense. And you know your clear stacking options. Alan Robinson, Darnell Mooney on the cheaper end is well ahead of at this point for the last couple of weeks now and really the last couple of months. Mr. Anthony Miller, runback options on the Packers. And then these are guys you can just throw some darts on, whether it's Derek Carr or Drew Locke on both sides of that game. I prefer Drew Locke, the narrative that this might be his last game ever, ever in Denver. He might just try and throw it as much as he could, chuck it downfield a little bit more than he actually has been. Jerry Judy is getting healthier there. Noah Font is now healthier. Decent options there, just 5K. Daniel Jones in a matchup against Dallas that we continue to like to target. Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback, it seems, right now, than Daniel Jones is, especially for fantasy. But Jalen Hurts, yet again, another quarterback to go over 300 yards last week. Yet again, another quarterback to score 24 plus fantasy points against his Dallas secondary. Only a 21 implied team total. But you actually have this team playing for something, and you have good matchups across the board. Matt Ryan had a good game last week. Now he gets Tampa. Tampa is going to be playing for something to try and stay in that number one wildcard seed because then you get to play the NFC East. And yes, you're probably going to want to play the NFC East over a Seattle or over a New Orleans who they've lost to twice already this season. So those are just some other options. Out of all the 5k options, um, I would probably say that Daniel Jones and Mitch Trubisky are my favorite just in terms of the game flow and their stacking options at the fair price points that you can find. So that's where I'm at with quarterback early on in the week. We'll we'll have some more closing dots on Friday. My projections right now, if I was to just factor by value, this is the concern. It's like what we had a couple weeks ago. Factoring by value, you get a lot of cheap quarterbacks. You get Daniel Jones, Tua, Mitch Trubisky, Chad Henney even pops off because he's so cheap at 5,100. Basically, if any of these values quarterbacks start to project for 17 or 18 points, which is not that great, it's not going to win you a GPP, they'll look like nice value. But that's only because you have other quarterbacks more expensive this week. You're not going to get projections on guys like Tom Brady for 24 points. He's going to be closer to 20. Same thing for Aaron Rodgers in his matchup. But we at least like to target the upside of those passing offenses. How often they pass in the red zone, like the Packers, like Josh Allen's team, not really running as much in the red zone so far this season, relative to how much they're passing compared to past seasons. So those are the guys that I'll stick to right now. Watson, Allen, probably my two top dogs early on. Aaron Rodgers and Ryan hell after that. Then if you're looking for value, Trubisky, Daniel Jones, and then you can just filter through with Drew Lock, Matt Ryan, Derek Carford, lower upside guys that get there less often but they're cheap enough to at least throw some darts on. Now we move over to the running back position, which again, it's a 15 game slate. So normally you see me have like two or three yeses on guys because well, they're 11 game slates. There's 10 less games, eight less games on the slate. But now going over to the running back position, it's going to be pretty appealing here. So first off, you have the three guys up top, Kamara, Dalvin Cook, and Derrick Henry. If you ask me which one I like the most, it would be Dalvin Cook for me this week. Personally, they all basically look like the same thing. They all project out for close to 24 fantasy points for me. And they're all separated by only a couple hundred dollars. In the case of Alvin Kamara and Derrick Henry, it's only a hundred dollars, but Dalvin Cook is where I would go. I think you just have more outs here even in a really bad game a bad game where they get behind big on Christmas Day that everybody saw you still saw 17 opportunities 85 yards and a touchdown four red zone touches as well for Mr. Dalvin Cook get behind big so you don't really see much of the passing game usage there for Dalvin Cook but so far the season he's number one in evaded tackles he's number three in yards created per touch and number two overall in yards created so Dalvin Cook's clearly in play I don't have to tell you how good Alvin Kamara is six touchdown game 30 plus percent target share when there's no Michael Thomas out there great matchup as a touchdown favorite all these guys are going to be touchdown favorites seven points right around there for all three of these of these expensive backs Leading the slate in fantasy points per touch that's going to get insanely increased when you scored six touchdowns in a game. I would probably go here, Dalvin Cook, and then it's it's like one A, one B, one C. I would go Dalvin Cook, Henry, and Kamara all in that order. They're all basically looking like the same play today. Dalvin Cook you get slight discounts on, so I'll take that for a guy who's basically projected out for the same amount of points. I'll show you right now, Peak Pine the current on Patreon, exactly what I have each of these guys projected for, and you're gonna be like, okay, that makes sense. Derek Henry, twenty four and a half points. Alvin Kamara, twenty four point two points, and Dalvin Cook, twenty four points. Alvin Cook and Henry grade out as the exact same value. The better super draft play to me is Alvin Kamara, because he actually gets an extra. boost on his points. So it depends on the platform you're playing on. After that, we can start to get into some of these other guys like the rookie Jonathan Taylor, who's basically winning people leagues at this point and already has unless your league goes until week 17. He's going for 20 plus points. Now, basically, I mean, he's gotten to 19 in each of the past two weeks, but basically in four straight weeks, 15 plus plus in five straight weeks. He's been fantastic in a lot of different areas, right? We've been seeing it all season long in the passing game, how efficient he's been. But now we're actually getting to see those broken tackles. He's been basically top five in broken tackles each of the past four weeks in the NFL. That's what he did in college. That's how he's been dominating. Now he's basically a virtual highest total on the slate at 31 and a half. You're getting a great matchup against Jacksonville who suffers to defend the run bottom 10 in the league. And he is the biggest favorite on the slate at 13 and a half. You're probably going to see Jonathan Taylor. He's somewhere around 16 to 18 touches, probably 18 to 20 more times than not in this game flow with around 10 to 12 routes on a target or two. These 17 opportunities per game, I would assume that you're going to see more than that this week. Looks like a nice value. Going down a little bit more, Zico Elliott, somebody who had his best game of the year. Now it took a big like 35 yard run to really get him towards his highest numbers of the year, but he led the league last week with 11 evaded tackles. He continues to evade tackles. And honestly, people continue to talk down on Zico Elliott, who does not have the greatest of offensive line he's running behind right now. Best game at 139 total yards. He also caught four balls for 23 total touches and four red zone touches in that last week. Matchup against the Giants isn't great, but he is a favorite with a nice implied team total. He still leads the league at the running back position in routes run. He has now jumped into the top 10 and evaded tackles after having 11 last week, showed some life at $6,400. It looks good. DeAndre Swift, we saw in a terrible game script where they got absolutely blown out in the last game. He's still been dealing with this injury. It seems like some concussion fog, but this past week in some interviews, he was saying that he's feeling a little bit better. It's hard to take that last week for anything, right? He ended up still seeing 15 opportunities though, four receptions, 70 yards in the worst of worst game scripts against a tough Tampa Bay defense. Now he gets a complete opposite. He's an underdog again, but expect him to probably run somewhere around 25 to 30 routes if they're going to be playing from behind again, like he did that previous week when they were down big. He's now ran 20 or more routes in four straight games and five out of his last six. Chris Carson is going to be very similar to a guy in Melvin Gordon. I like both of them this week. You have Carson as the favorite. He's got going up against a banged up San Francisco team that is nowhere near the same run defense as it was last year or even to start this year. So Chris Carson is fine. You need a must win game here for Seattle if they want any chances of taking the overall number one seed. But the guy that I like a lot is going to be Melvin Gordon. He's projecting out, yes, as the number one value play at the running back position point for dollar wise, just because he's so cheap, you're not going to have any Philip Lindsay out there there at $5,700. Again, he saw 16 touches last week against the Chargers, 79 yards. So he played well, right? He had the two red zone touches. He didn't see any passing game usage for basically the first time since week 12. Even then though he was running some routes, I expect that to change a little bit here. Matchup against the Vegas Raiders is great. This is a bottom three run defense. This is a bottom two tackling team. I've been projecting out right now for 16 and a half fantasy points. Again, the number one point per dollar play at the running back position on the slate. And then a final yes, we're trying to find value at each position. We kind of discovered, you're going to find that on a 15 game slate. We easily discovered that when you're talking about the quarterbacks with all those 5k options. But then if James Robinson was to miss, and it seems like he likely is, you saw 19 opportunities out of DeRay Ogamboale, the former Tampa Bay Buck who was drafted last year, 19 opportunities, 14 on the ground. He saw five targets, caught three of them. He ends up scoring 10.8 points against a really difficult Chicago defense. Now he has a matchup against Indy, which is nowhere near as difficult. He's a 13 and a half point underdog for sure. And he is coming in with an 18 implied team total. Not great. But if there's no James Robinson, he is the number one back in this offense. If you can get 16 touches out of a $4,500 back, it's at least viable to put in your GPP lineups to be able to afford some of those expensive wide receivers, other expensive of running back since there's three of them on this slate in the nine K range. So that looks decent. And then we have some maybes, as you can see, I have interest in Ronald Jones and Montgomery and Eckler. It's going to really be ownership dependent, Aaron Jones, depending on what his injury looks like. Guys like Cam Akers, if we start to get more positive news on him later in the week, these are all guys that I've interest in as sort of ownership pivots. As we get ownership later in the week, I'll have it on Patreon. You can follow it down below. That's when guys like if Cam Akers is coming up with no ownership, at 6,100. There's a lot of running backs in the slate. So ownership is naturally going to be spread out when you have so many guys $100 apart, whether it's Swift, $100 from Carson, $100 from Cam Akers, which is $100 from Jeff Wilson and Josh Jacobs, all these guys, I'm going to be having interest in a lot of the lower owned options tune into Saturday's That One Dude video. We'll maybe go through a couple of different guys. But as of right now, I've kind of discussed the guys that I like the most in each range. I'm going to prefer Swift, Carson, and Gordon over some of these other guys in that 6K range. Like a Gaskin whose price is coming up, although a, a pretty decent matchup, bad team total on that one, a Josh Jacobs and a makers. I think Gaskin will be the one guy out of these maybes that gets the closest to a yes for me just because of the workload that you're getting out of Miles Gaskin since anytime he comes back, right? He came back last week. It was like the third time this year he comes back from injury or the COVID list. And every single time he immediately takes back the number one running back spot. He came into that game and he ends up seeing 19 opportunities, 19 touches, three red zone touches, 169 yards, and had that big touchdown to have two total touchdowns in the game. His best performance on the year with 34 fantasy points. So with that being said, at the running back, we're going to have a very long list, again, 30 games on the slate at the wide receiver position. So let's get into the wide receiver position now. And the wide receiver position is going to be brought to you by Super Draft. And you already know our friends over at Super Draft. We've been rocking the merch lately. Very good friends over there. And if you're not familiar, because you're brand new here, if, if so, hit the like and subscribe button. What are you doing if you haven't already? Or if you just, you know, still are being a little bit lazy, you need a little bit more of a push to get over on Super Draft because it is by far your best chance at return on investment, especially with other sports coming up that people aren't familiar with. The NBA late news coming in, PGA, people having no clue at all what the projections look like for PGA, especially in super Draft. Example, Devontae Adams is a 1X multiplier. If he goes out and scores 23 points, multiply that by one, he gets 23 super Draft points. But, 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 and this is a big old booty if we go over here and just to use for an example right now, you look at Marvin Jones with a 1.5X multiplier. If he goes out there and scores his amount of points, you multiply that by an extra 50%. For that 0.5, he ends up scoring, let's just say for my projections, in the 20s in fantasy points. And actually, looks pretty decent and close to Devontae Adams, even though his normal drafting points would be nowhere near that. So it's a different type of a game, a lot more people in play. There's no salary cap and people are winning a lot of money. Somebody reached out to me two days ago, I believe it was now the last Monday Night Football slate of the year and they won thousand. They were somebody that was in the Patreon discord. Some people this year have won 25,000 as a first, face, first place prize. A lot of people have finished in the top three in the top two and winning first place in these showdown slates and NBA contests on Superdraft as well, because it is just that much easier to win. Less people over there, less people checking their lineups and keeping up with them. And the contest, not filling. Use my name Sal for a free money bonus up to $1,000 in a slow drip format. Thank you for sponsoring the wide receiver position this week, which is a loaded one. We're good friends over at Super Jeff. So the wide receiver position, a lot of it is stacks. I don't have to tell you Devonta Adams, one of three players only now to have over hundred catches and 17 touchdowns. He joins Chris Carter and Randy Moss. who did that in full seasons. He's done it in 13 games because he hasn't played one and he's missed two. He's just obviously fantastic. He's somebody that if you have extra money, if you're playing a value wide receiver, just put into your lineup. If you're playing cash games, you start with Devonta Adams and you try to get around that. I prefer Devonta Adams this week to every single, one of the running backs, believe that or not. It is very close, but Devonta Adams at $9,200, I prefer to Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, and Dalvin Cook. Again, these guys are all so close, but De- Devontae Adams right now is who I would choose to get to, especially with the slight price savings. Now, Stefan Diggs is b- basically discount Devontae Adams. And I prefer Stefan Diggs to Devontae Adams this week. If you're stacking up, or even if you just have one guy left in your lineup, save the $1,100, get to Steph Diggs, who is just as good in every single category, 10.5 targets per game to Adams 11 per game, a 35% air yard market share of targets to Adams 34, 97 receiving yards per game to Adams 102. So yeah, Stefan Diggs is that good. And now Cole Beasley is potentially and likely to miss. John Brown is going to be a question mark this week. A 1.3 X multiplier in super draft looks fantastic for Steph Diggs. He is right now my favorite payup wide receiver at 8,100. Allen Robinson is right there as a payup option. Last time out against Jair Alexander was one of the only wide receivers this year to really toast him and did it in a major way. Eight catches on 13 targets, over 70 yards and two touchdowns. His quarterback, Mitch Trubisky has been playing great. Their offense, 40 plus points in four straight games. And he's going to be playing from behind, averaging close to 10 targets per game. Give me some Allen Robinson there. Now, AJ Brown, these are the types of guys who I think are going to be a little bit more quiet. We talk about Ryan Tannehill, maybe not being as owned and on a major slate, maybe he's only like three or 4% owned. AJ Brown is always going to be lower owned. He continues to be lower owned this season because he's always in the seven K range. And he honestly, a lot of the times puts up one big play and that's how he gets you there. And some weeks he's just had terrible weeks like last week in a weather game. And coming off of that might be to our advantage, but we saw him earlier this year against Houston, absolutely destroy them in Bradley Roby in week six for five catches, two touchdowns, seven targets, got them to overtime in that game was the wide receiver for that week with 22.6 fantasy points. And AJ Brown, the season has been great. He's had three top 10 performances in two top five performances at the wide receiver position. That is very good. That is difficult to do unless your name is like Steph Diggs or Devonta Adams at $7,200 in this matchup against Houston. I like it a lot with the highest team on the slate. Again, a lot of people are going to gravitate towards Derek Henry and not the passing game here. The passing game is just as likely in my opinion to go off against a weak Houston secondary, especially because Houston could put up points and maybe even get ahead in this game, which forces Ryan Tannehill to throw even more. Now, John Brown, if you're watching the YouTube video, you can see that I have him in yellow and that's because look, if he plays, he's fantastic. He's my only, and maybe one of my only all season long four X value plays. He's thirty-six if he plays again he's on the COVID list but he does not have COVID as of the latest report it is a close contact so if he tests positive or negative five days in a row I believe he can come off that list he'll definitely have more than enough time to do that just keep in mind that he is coming off of an injury as well so we'll see he got taken off the injured list the injured reserve and put on the COVID list so it seems like he was going to return but if there's no Cole Beasley right if there's no Cole Beasley and then he steps in now to the clear number two wide receiver role in this team if he is healthy I have him for over 12 fantasy points my first 4x value at the wide receiver position that I can recall this year Corey Davis if you didn't want to pay all the way up for AJ Brown he's kind of the discount A.J. Brown. He's going to get paid this offseason top five in yards per outrun this season right now and he's just another option in those Tennessee stacks. If you don't want to go to A.J. Brown you want to go to Corey Davis running back with a Brandon Cooks. It's a nice way to kind of get a cheaper stack there with a lot of upside that Corey Davis brings this year. Corey Davis has just as many top 10 finishes as A.J. Brown at the wide receiver position this season and he actually has a number one overall finish with 38.2 points in week 13 against Cleveland. So he's honestly been just as good and maybe even more consistent than A.J. Brown this season. Corey Davis in 13 of his 15 games one of them he got banged up and has at least double digit fantasy points. That is good to see. Sterling Shepard, every week he's been healthy. Daniel Jones just locks onto him and throws it his way. Now he has a very good matchup against Dallas. At the last time that these two teams played, Sterling Shepard was injured and did not play. Shepard coming off of arguably his best game of the season, nine catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown on 12 targets, the so most he's seen in a game, and three red zone targets. Second time he's seen at least 10 targets this season, but he has seen five or more targets in every single game since week two, and in most of those games outside of one in week 14, it's been six or more targets. Expect around seven targets against a weak Dallas secondary for Sterling Shepard here. I think that looks pretty good. We're expecting no Julio Jones. Again, he said he wants to play, but we should actually see if that happens. And Russell Gage, I mean, it was kind of a question mark beginning to middle of the season. Who is this number two receiver out there? It pretty firmly seems to be Russell Gage now for over the last four weeks. Eight, seven, ten, and five targets. Last week does not play great against Kansas City. That game was weird in general. Just four catches for 23 yards, but continues to run a ton of routes, continues to play a ton of snaps. He's the clear number two receiver. And if Julio is out, right, once that is confirmed, he's going to project out as one of the better value plays on the slate. Right now I have Russell Gage projecting out as a top five value wide receiver for 14.7 fantasy points. Jerry Judy came alive last week. There was a month in the middle of the season where Jerry Judy led the league, had over 120 air yards every single week and led the league in air yards and just wasn't converting. He had that one big week and now Jerry Judy has come alive the last couple of weeks. That one big week was week nine against Atlanta. He had 125 yards, 14 targets, and he ended up finding the end zone as well. And now he's actually gotten healthier. They said that there was a major injury and he said on a podcast, he might have to have off season surgery. It looks like it looked a little bit better in week 16 against the Chargers, where he honestly saw 15 targets, right? Six catches, 61 yards. He does not actually come out with a crazy performance because he doesn't find the end zone, although he almost did. And he had, five drops in that game, but he's $4,200. Now he's very cheap. The price point isn't increasing for this major role that he saw last week. And Now he's in a situation against Vegas where it's arguably a top five matchup against the secondary on the slate. Vegas in some metrics is ranked dead last in secondary performance this year. Now Gabe Davis is on here as a yes. He should really be a maybe, but if you get no John Brown, Gabe Davis is going to be a yes. Gabe Davis will operate as a number three wide receiver anyways, assuming that the week to week status on Cole Beasley means that he misses week 17 and they rest him, or at least don't try and push him. So he's ready for the playoffs. So Gabe Davis will be involved, but there's no shot. I'm going Gabe Davis over John Brown. If both are healthy and out there. If John Brown misses as well, then Gabe Davis is the clear number two receiver and I would end up getting there. So we're going to move Gabe Davis to a maybe, and then you get a lot of other options. Like I have Calvin Ridley projecting out for over, yes, over 21 fantasy points, close to 22, I think 22 flat right now. I just prefer Stefan Diggs though, who's actually coming in right now somehow cheaper than Calvin Ridley. Ridley's been playing great, but I'm not going to be getting to Calvin Ridley over Stefan Diggs this week. Guys like Justin Jefferson continue to have, I mean, he obviously everybody knows how good of a season Jefferson's had, but after he had that middle of the season, just blow up, he was the rookie that was balling out. Everybody just assumed that this is what he's doing every single week. And honestly, that's exactly what's happening. He's seen 10 or more targets in four out of his last five games and five out of his last seven games he's coming off of a week that was considered a bad week against new orleans on christmas where he goes for 14 and a half fantasy points right for six catches for 85 yards he has just been that damn good and he's getting more red zone usage over the last five games he right now has eight red zone targets which is kind of the concern that he was never seeing those red zone targets and it was all Thielen. Thielen's still seeing them but jefferson is getting very close to a yes for me he's just 7600 so i prefer robinson i prefer steph diggs i don't expect those guys to be too highly on but week in and week out jefferson it seemed like the middle of the year everybody wanted to hype him up because he was scoring 26 and 27 points these last three weeks people not talking to him as much but he still has 29 targets over the last three weeks if I'm playing single entries this week and I have a a nice build that I like to get to and I have a one-off spot at the wide receiver position and I have less than $7,400 left I think I'm going to be going to DK Metcalf at $7,300 this is the lowest price point we've seen in basically 10 weeks from him he was at this price point in like week eight against San Fran and the last time he faced them Emmanuel mostly right no Richard Sherman Sherman still banged up 12 catches on 15 targets a buck 61 and two touchdowns was the number one wide receiver that week with his best performance of the season with 40 fantasy points well actually 43 I'm not expecting that again but at $7,300 Again, it's the lowest price point. He's been in the 8K range, basically, or the upper sevens for the last two months. Now, the lowest price point we've seen in a while, and another fair matchup where he exploded earlier this season. Not the same secondary for San Francisco as it was earlier this year or last year. So, I would prefer DK Metcalf to like your Keenan Allen's. Brandon Cooks, I would be getting in some sort of stacks. If you wanted to stack up Tom Brady, I do think Chris Goblin is still a fine option and the option that I would likely go towards. Evan has been dominating. You can go to Mike Evans if you want. I'll go to the cheaper Chris Goblin still at this point. I like that I'm getting a 78% catch rate and consistent target share out of him. And then a lot of these other guys are just going to be in play as stacks. The one guy I will say, if we can get some confirmation that he's going to be playing earlier in the week, I do like Devontae Parker might find some difficult matchups out there against your Davis white, but Devontae Parker was starting to see a lot of usage, eight targets in a game where he got thrown out early against Cincinnati, 14 targets, nine targets. One of those games, Ryan Fitzpatrick came in against the jets, but he's getting a lot of volume. And honestly, I think that he's an alpha wide receiver, maybe not a top five or a top 10, but if you're talking about top 15 range, I think Devontae Parker slowly starts to find his way in there when he's actually healthy, especially over the last year and a half of his production. And now he's just $5,300. So I do think that that's an interesting upside option that cheap price point if he's indeed healthy. You have you guys like Marvin Jones, all of these Dallas receivers in their matchup against the Giants are appealing to me. I'd probably rank it Amari, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup in that order, getting a lot of consistency out of CeeDee Lamb, but he lacks this major upside that Amari Cooper and even Gallup you saw last week, both of those guys get to. Jamison Crowder is fine at his price point. He comes up almost a thousand dollars. I think he's still okay. And you can see all the other guys on a 30 game slate right now that I'm going to be, or a 30 team slate, 15 games. I'm going to be having interest in a lot. Some other value plays if you're looking for them, MVS and GPPs, nobody talking about him. And rightfully so, he doesn't produce all that often, but he does once every Three games in a major play, and now he would be an easy and cheap stack with Rodgers. I prefer MBS over Lazard. Lazard only running 15 routes last week. They didn't throw a ton overall, but he still seems to be limited from that core muscle injury. And Denzel Mims and Richie James, there's not that many receivers right now. Brandon Ayuk already ruled out. So Richie James, right? You always have George Kittle looking even better, but Richie James and Kendrick Bourne are nice values. I would prefer those values from San Francisco this week over Denzel Mims, who faces New England. The 4K range is still loaded. We already talked about Darnell Mooney. McCall Hardman is likely to be a wide receiver one. Kansas City has already notion that they're plan to rest their key players. Which would be Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, likely, potentially Sammy Watkins, and or Le'Veon Bell. So we'll see what they end up doing there. But that will only make McCall Harmon even more of an option. But again, Chad Henning would be throwing in the ball. So no lock by any means. If I didn't mention some guys and you're not watching in the video version and just the podcast, well, you can see them on the screen of the video version, but there's some other guys on here Carolina receivers, Kiki Kouté and Stacks, Marvin Jones, T Higgins. These other names are going to be appealing and depending on news become even more appealing. Let's close it up now with the tight end position, where it's honestly really straightforward this week. Just play, honestly, uh, George Kittle, right? Let's pull it up right now. I have some other options other than George Kittle of course. There's no Debo Samuel. They have Jeff Wilson back there. They have Kendrick Bourne, Richie James, and you have George Kittle. George Kittle, who ran 15 routes last week in a limited role, was targeted on 33% of those routes by his former college quarterback, CJ Bethard, who not just last week, but also in the past two years ago, had a lot of success playing with him. I currently have George Kittle as the highest projected tight end by about a fantasy point over Darren Waller, and he's only $6,000. He's my number one point per dollar play. He's my number one super draft play. He is an A in cash and a B plus in GPPs for me this week. George Kittle is somebody that I'm just going to prioritize. The closest thing to a lock on this slate is George Kittle. There's concerns that he will be limited, but even if you get 20 routes around that George Kittle at six thousand dollars that can majorly pay off for you. You saw last week over ninety yards receiving because he just that damn good. Didn't even find the end zone, and that's very likely this week against Seattle as they play from behind and likely have to throw more than they run. Hawkinson at a cheap price point. Marvin Jones the only other option there. He's still going to project out for double d- digit points. Same thing for the the fake Pro Bowler. Don't know how he got in over Mr. Bob Tanya or even Rob Gronkowski to that extent. Evan Ingram comes out here right now. Ingram getting a lot of volume when Daniel Jones has been healthy, and that continues to be the case. Another ten targets from Mr. Daniel Jones. Seven the week before that scores fourteen points. Doesn't even find the end zone he hasn't found the end zone all that much just two times this year but now he gets a nice matchup against dallas the last time that he faced dallas he did find the end zone only on two catches in that game but it got about 10 fantasy points and then dalton schultz so i have a lot of other interests basically all these other tight ends after schultz darren waller just give me george Kittle. Mark Andrews, just give me George Kittle. Don't even care what the ownership is on a 15 game slate. But then Robert Tonyon, Gronkowski, No Font, Mike Gosecki, John o. Smith, honestly, Austin Hooper, all these guys are like the same guy to me, in my projections. They're projected for like seven and a half to eight and a half fantasy points or nine fantasy points. I mean, you can keep going down the list with Hayden Hurst, right? Even Jordan Akins projected around seven fantasy points. Basically, just get to those guys, depending on how much salary you have less. Try and fill them in last if you're not going to prioritize a George Kittle or maybe one of the Evan Ingrams, sort of a punt option in that three K range. Just get to those other guys if they're in your stacks, things like that. But Dalton Schultz is the one guy that if you're looking for a punt option this week, he's the guy that I would go to. I would go to him over Donald Parham, assuming that Hunter Henry misses again. Donald Parham was running the second most routes. I think like Steven Anderson was running more routes than Donald Parham last week. But Dalton Schultz is just $3,000. Honestly, a yes is probably excessive, but the reason I put a yes is just to show you who my punt option would be at $3,000 or below. It would be Dalton Schultz. You're not seeing the crazy volume that you once saw towards the middle of the season, but he did have four targets in that last game and three catches. That would be the one spot that I would go to in a decent matchup against the Giants. That's where we're at right now. That is our best picks, a massive 15 game slate. We will have more content as the week goes on. We'll have our final thoughts on Friday. Our that one dude on saturday sunday closing dots podcast in the morning for patrons and a live stream on sunday and then tomorrow thursday depending on when you're watching this might already be passed but we'll be doing some nba content and streams as well so thank you so much for tuning in hit that like and subscribe before you go support the sponsors of the show Viget and Superdraft, and also check out patreon link down below any questions you can leave them all down below in the comment section or reach out to me via social medias sal underscore veteran on instagram and at Sal dfs over on twitter thank you everybody and enjoy the rest of your day and have a great weekend